Hello, everyone, and welcome to Carbide Content. I'm one of your hosts, Dalen from MachineWise. I'm David from Contraption Collection. I'm Grant from Fellowship Blades. And I'm John at Triaxis. And I've been MIA for like, what, two episodes now? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know. Yo, it has. Yeah, between Blade Show and being sick, but all is good now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what's up with what's up? I was gonna ask you what what uh what have you done in that time period besides be sick? Right. Okay, so we're starting with me, huh? Yep. <laughs> okay, great. Um yeah, it's been an interesting uh last like five days. A lot's happened in the last five days. Not too much has happened since the last podcast, other mm-hmm. than these five days. Um I had an outside salesman from a local uh, machine distributor randomly throw a he he took lunch in our parking lot, not knowing there was a machine shop there. And he threw his sandwich trash away in the back garbage can and he saw chips. And so he literally hunted my shop down. Hilarious. Who was it? Oh, no. I don't remember. Um, yeah, right. Um. So he's from Adams Machinery. They're the the Doosan and Citizen and one other machine dealer out here in Phoenix. Okay. And he came at the right time because I've been wanting a lathe, either a Swiss lathe or a subspindle lathe for quite a while. Yeah, it's like perfect. It was perfect. Um, wish it would have been a little bit later, but he came in and got the you know got the conversation started. So long story short, um, I have a subspindle. Doosan Lynx live tooling bar fed lathe uh, that I am actively awaiting financing on. Nice. Nice. What's yes. the uh, the board diameter on that? Uh, it'll go up to two inch, I think two or two and a half inch bar. Oh, um, it's on this. It, it, is it on this quote? <laughs> Does it, it have Discord. a Y axis? Yes. So it's a, it's a, it's, so Doosan's rebranded like three times. It was Daewoo, and then it was Doosan, and now it's DN Solutions. So this is a oh. DN Solutions Lynx oh, 2100. Yeah. It's a Lynx 2100 LSYB. Um, I forget what the L and the S was, but Y is Y-axis, and I think, yeah, B means subspindle. They call Z2 for the sub. They call that B for some reason. Mm-hmm. I want to say it's up to a two-inch bar. But I can go bigger. Like I can, I can go chucker mode on it if I wanted to. Yeah, but bar fed two inches is pretty sweet still. It is. It's it's way bigger than I'd need. Maybe if I want to do flashlights or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the ideal solution for doing hardware, but it will do it just fine. Especially because I have live tooling on every single game position. Or it's on not every the single ideal position. solution. It's not the ideal solution. It's the DN. It's the solution. DN solution. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, no. No. Do do some DN solution. They. They're known for their lathes. They're they're great. Oh yeah, I've heard. Like people are always like, yeah, you know, don't don't get a Haas lathe. Yeah, right. <laughs> get the um, get the do's in. Uh-huh, I wouldn't get a yep. Haas lathe just because of them using that loud ass spindle. That thing is so annoying. Mm. I ran an older uh, ST10Y and an ST20Y. It didn't sound no. It was pretty loud actually. Yeah, it's like the biggest complaint I hear is how loud they are, and it's interesting. Like, okay, how hard would it be for Haas just to put a VF spindle in it? Like an oil, right? Or an air oil. I think it's, I think it it's just a matter of how much mass is rotating. Yeah, the torque probably wouldn't work out because putting a six-inch chuck is 
so different than putting a cat 40. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yep. So yeah, that's hopefully happening. And so like everything was looking great, you know, I was perfectly comfortable financially to, you know, do the down on the machine and, and, and be great and happy. And I, I submitted, or I talked to my finance guy on Friday. He's like, yeah, this is looking really promising. We'll get back to you on like Tuesday, Wednesday, because today's a holiday apparently. Yes. Um, you know, so then I, <laughs> I got woken up this morning uh, to a call from my machinist. He's like, uh, the compressor won't turn on. The breakers tripped. I'm like, hmm, that that's that's odd. Yeah. <laughs> shouldn't shouldn't be tripped. Try, uh, you know, untrip it and, and turn it on and see what happens. And he did. And uh, once it hit about 90 PSI, it blew the sight glass completely. Nice. Uh, which means that the oil reservoir, the oil system, has operating pressure inside of it, which shouldn't be a thing, at least as far mm -hmm. as I'm aware of. Um, which also means that it did that when it tripped the breaker, so it ran like with minimal oil until it managed to trip a 45 amp three phase breaker. Mm. And this is a like a three or four horsepower rotary screw compressor. Yikes! So that thing is kaput. Which really sucks because we just bought it, um, and I've I really tried giving Master Air the benefit of the doubt, and like I really wanted them to be the company, and I, I worked with them, and I brought up that the sight glass was cracking like three times, and they're like, "No, it's fine, it's fine, it's not." The, um, yeah, I don't I don't know how that one is specifically, but mm -hmm. my screw compressor is it a screw uh -huh. compressor or is it a piston compressor? It's a it's a screw compressor. Yeah, the oil tank is pressurized. When is it yeah. okay okay yeah. and so, I, on that. mine i think it does that so it forces uh the oil air in. and oil mixture into the air yeah. oil separator filter okay well they um something was wrong <laughs> yeah, something's I mean, definitely pretty, wrong now pretty dangerous like, it, obviously it's still like it it sounded okay spinning up after the incident but um you know who knows how much life was taken out of those out of those uh out of those screws yeah, because it it ran with basically no oil for until it couldn't. Uh, so that means I had to buy a new compressor. So I ran all around town today and managed to snag a uh, a Kaiser SM10 Air Center. Oh, nice! Yeah, which solid. is an awesome compressor. However, it's like sixteen thousand dollars. Yeah. The, the price is awesome too. Oh, it's <laughs> awesome! All right. I mean, I got a smoking deal, though. It's supposed to be a $21,000 compressor, so uh -oh. there's that, I bad. guess. Yeah. yeah, so that was... <laughs> we're still fine for the lathe, but that was supposed to be my lathe down payment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that sucks. It, it, every time, dude, every time that you're like, we're good, let's get new equipment. Oh, look, something exploded. I I've I have I've had that air episode like three times already. I think I think uh -huh. we've all had it at least once anyway. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, the weirdest the weirdest thing was like I'm not I find like financially this like there was no stress really. It was just the crap. We don't have our shop running today, so like I had to hook yeah. up the old reciprocating Ingersoll Rand that I have, yeah. and it's actively trying to you know churn out sixty psi for the brother toolpath tonight for like fourteen hours and. Yeah, have fun. I have a feeling I'm gonna come into the shop tomorrow with it seized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. See what happens. So if it's a hundred percent duty cycle, it should be fine for one. I mean, it's Ingersoll time. ran, so I don't know how much I'd trust it for a hundred percent duty cycle. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was that's like all the exciting and um yeah interesting stuff that's happened in the last like four to five days. 
Did you I, did you leave it already? I might sh- like put a box fan on it just so it's blowing cold air. It over has the, um, it has so the shop is uh I keep the shop air conditioned at seventy, oh, and okay. the um it has a so it's a it, it's pulley driven off the motor and the big pulley for the actual compressor motor has a fan built into it. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. So we'll see what happens. I I I moved it very far away from my wall, so if it catches on fire, it should be fine. <laughs> Nice. You oh. plan for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I mean, I figure it can't do anything worse than what the master air did. I'm yeah. Hope I don't regret that. <laughs> I mean, why is there, why is there a piston in the side of the brother? Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh good. Don't. You better knock on some wood. Yeah, it is next to the brother. Funny enough. Oh no. <laughs> you jinxed me, the controller. Yeah. Oh, the, not the not the nice glass touchscreen. Yeah. It's got a touchscreen on that thing. It does. Damn. Wow. So does the uh, so does the Doosan actually? Nice. Dang. It's it's so silly, but like the touchscreens and like more modern tech on the control side really makes it feel like a premium machine. Now, my yeah. my house has a touchscreen, but I'm trying to figure out how much I don't want to use it because <laughs> there's times where it's like less button presses to press it, but I just don't want it to get all okay. oily and weird. So I'm trying to avoid using it right now. Okay, I just keep a rag next to my. The hot touch is like is like when Windows surfaces the tablets were out and they forced you into <laughs> tablet mode and it was uh-huh. worse than a normal experience and you're like this Windows is still 8. a laptop. Yep. Let's no, go no, mine, mine. It's exactly the same Haas interface. It's just you can tap on stuff if you want, and so mm. sometimes that just means instead of having to press like down arrow, down arrow, enter, you can just tap it and save time. Yep. But okay. I just don't want to. It's just it's not there's nothing wrong with it. it. It doesn't make anything more convenient, inconvenient or different. I just right rather not use it because I've just been weird about touching screens my whole life because for most of my life, touch screens haven't really been a thing. And yeah. so I'm just like kind of anal about it. Okay. Yeah, it feels like Haas was like, yeah, we can we can add that on the spec sheet. Right. And that's where. It's yeah, I, I, I definitely didn't purposefully get it. Okay. Um, uh, I, and speaking of oil and pause and stuff. I have a very mild problem that I solved today oh. uh, related to air and oil and stuff is um, I kept getting a 2075 alarm, which is uh, saying that my spindle axis wasn't getting oil. Oh, cool. And uh, maybe, maybe John or someone's seen this, but like when you click on the error, it says like, you may get this error a few times until oil's flushed out of the system. So I let it ride a few times, but I was like, after a certain point, like, hmm, you know, should it happen this many times? Um, no. And so uh, I found out what the issue is, is like where the spindle oil is, there's like a little sleeve that's like a filter, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, there's like a seal, like an O-ring or something. And it needs to be like, the sleeve needs to be like all the way up uh, or else it'll like suck air in with the oil. Um, and so I just scooched it up and it seems fine now. Um, but I guess some people will like put a zip tie on it or something if they're more por- paranoid. Cause I, I think what happened is I probably like bumped it just cause like the first time I got the air, maybe it was just cause it was a fresh machine but then I must have bumped it like to unscrewing this oil reservoir thing. Cause it's not like the, the um, X and Y and Z uh, oil. It's a, uh, it's like this metal tube you unscrew. And so uh, 
maybe I bumped it or something. Um, and, uh, but it seems to be working now. So that's like the only interesting thing. And that's a stretch of the word interesting that I have to talk about. That's, that's a kind of disheartening thing for a brand new machine. That's well, a very get, critical feature. Oil uh, is important. I guess so. I, it hasn't damaged the machine or, or cause I had, you know, I talked to a tech about it. Like, you know, I guess it, I guess you could hope that it was designed some slightly different way that you couldn't have this little sleeve move. Um, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, this is for the spindle or, or what? I, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's the spindle oil. Gotcha. Oh. Yeah, yeah, the other one is like a clear box with like a line and you can see the oil. Yeah. Uh, but for some reason, the, this, because maybe on older horses it's different. Um, for the spindle oil, it's like this metal tube that you screw on and it has this like filter thing inside. Yeah, okay. interesting. <laughs> but like the that's like the liquid grease reservoir thing, right? Uh, it's it's not grease. Um, I I know that Haas at machines at different time have used grease, uh, but I don't know where the older ones used grease, and mine certainly doesn't. Um, it's just it's just you need slightly different oils uh, for the axes versus the spindle. And uh, for some reason, the container each is in and is different. And uh, there's a different kind of weird filter thing on the spindle one for some reason. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Must be different from mine. Because I got like the, yeah. there's a cartridge filter at the top. That's for all the accesses. Yeah. And then there's a one on the bottom. And I'd call it a reservoir. And that's for the air over oil for the spindle. Yeah, okay. that's just same as mine. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, it seems all okay, and I don't think I like. I don't think it was really a big deal what was happening. Um, and now I know if if it happens again, I'll know like if it's sliding off on its own somehow. That would be more frustrating and bad. Um, mm -hmm. And then maybe I would have to put a zip die or something. But uh, we'll see. I think it'll be okay. Okay. And then the the only other thing I've been doing is uh, working on a video, trying to get a video out. Nice. Um, but uh, my video editor's in Brazil, so I'm trying to figure out how to send like hundreds oh. of gigabytes over the internet. Uh, I think private I, torrent. I, no, I'm gonna. I've made proxy files like for video editing. Okay. Often you make proxy files, which where you uh, video editing software um, instead of like having to edit in 4K, which even on a really good computer can be very right. slow and difficult. Um, you can just have it make like lower resolution, simpler files that you edit with and then have them swap in and out. Oh, that's and, cool. uh, and so I haven't ever done that before, but that's what I'm trying to do. Oh, it's like an instruction file, basically. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. How's the house been for you? You've been um, working on any parts on it? Yeah, I don't remember if it's new compared to what I've said on the last episode, but just all the aluminum parts I do, so buttons and handles... Nice. And uh, spacers, and it's all been great. The only issue is like trying to figure out trying different things for filming. Um, and you'll see that in my video, and I'm sure I'll keep improving. Um, nice. But now I, I think I'm just trying to figure out how to get this video going, and then I can, uh, then I, uh, I just want to spend time seeing how I want to design a fixture for uh, blades. Okay. Yep. You know, so, I can yeah. make buttons for you. On the lathe. Oh, I've. 
And I pins. mentioned it in the last button video I did. <laughs> I'd love that. Yeah, if I get the lathe, um, uh, it'll have a lot of time. It'll have a lot of spindle time available. So yeah, actually, I wanted to get back to that. So what are you going to try to do on it first? Um, so the, pivot screws? the first, so the, well, I mean, obviously the primary reason to purchase is the hardware. Uh, we've hit a point now where we are, we're spending the same amount on hardware as it would be to have a payment on a lathe and also buy material. Yeah, that's fair. So like that alone just makes sense because I've missed drops in the past from either forgetting to order hardware or maybe I got a bad batch, this, that, or the other. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was doing some rough cycle time calculations and I could, I can crank out an entire month's worth of hardware in like eh, three days of runtime, especially because oh, yeah. bar fed and sub, like I can You're just joking. automation go. That's awesome. Yes. Which means I'll have lots and lots and lots of open spindle time on it. So uh, pens, pens are definitely high, high on my priority list and doing hardware for anyone else who wants it. Yes. Grant and John. Yes. And, please. And, thank you. Well, sir. not John, but David, <laughs> not John. <laughs> well, you have a lathe. I mean, I would do it for you if you want, but you have a lathe, so. Yeah. I need a surface yeah. grinder. <laughs> uh, you said oh, it does have yeah. a sub-spindle, right? Yes, yep. It's a sub-spindle um, C-axis milling on both. Oh, um, heck yeah. Simul so, you could, so simultaneous you, fourth on both. Yeah, so you could do a pivot with the torques on the back of the pivot. Easy. Yes, yep. On on either side, it, it it the way it's specced out right now, it'll be a um a royal call it chuck on both sub and and main, along with, I think, uh, three live tooling blocks to start. Okay. Uh, yep. Fair. Three or four, fair. I forget. You don't but need I, as much. I can have live no tooling way. either way. Yeah, six thousand RPM on the live tooling, which is nice. I'm gonna burn those blocks oh. out so fast. Well, so on the tiny tools that you're gonna end up using. Yep. Oh, six rand all the way all day. It's gonna. <laughs> I'll be you can, absolutely utilizing the uh, the rebuild um, uh, thing that those little tooling block manufacturers have. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how reliable they are, but the old shop I used to work at, they put a. I think it was a six thousand, or it was like a whatever it ran at. It was either six or ten, and they bumped mm -hmm. it up to thirty k, basically a little gearbox. Yeah, little um, speeder. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you. I might be worth it for this just because you're going to. Yeah, it, I, I might look into that. Um, I'll start with the six with the six K because I don't want to exert any uh, any initial invest. But um, yeah, it's definitely things to look into. Instead of using extremely small end mills, I had Lucas do T6 uh, torques using a rotary brooch. Or Well, he decided to do a rotary brooch. Yeah, yeah I, so I specifically don't want to use a rotary brooch because I want a higher quality torques pattern mm -hmm. um and i want it to look pretty <laughs> torx plus torx plus torx plus yeah well i'll be doing t15s at the very least for well all yeah mine might yes. have been torx thank plus. god yes finally someone else <laughs> so you want to know why i want to do t15s why because you're able to use a four newton meter torque wrench i had to go down to a three. Oh really you couldn't get we oh. were we were we were breaking t10 bits left and right with oh that four wow we're either breaking them or or or, or stripping them. Wow. Yeah. I mean, T that makes sense. T fifteen is yep. a lot stronger. It is. So. Yep. Like, yeah, the, talking, like the bit, not the screw yeah. The was bit breaking? itself. The bit itself wow. was breaking. Like we were breaking like two a day. Holy cow! Yeah, <laughs> yep. Yep. Man, what kind of terrible we Chinese 
bottom of the barrel factory bits were those? You were breaking yeah. two Weeha bits a day. You're damn right I was. What? <laughs> yep. Uh, alrighty then. Yeah. yeah. Well. I mean, during during that time, we had a good backlog of assembly, so we were assembling like 30, 40 knives a day. Damn. I guess, I guess yeah. that's fair. Yeah. How um how hard are bits hardened to? So uh, they're I used to buy really hard, or else they I used to buy well right so I used to buy really hard like they were probably like forty five fifty Rockwell and they were also like 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 ticken coated titanium nitride or something yeah. like that yeah but they were they were shattering because we have we use our drills and the clutch was shattering them from the impact so I ended up uh, finding uh, impact drill yeah, yeah. T ten and T fifteen bits that were made by Weha I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so maybe those are softer or something, so they don't shatter. Yeah, they're a little bit softer. Yep. <clears throat> That's interesting. Yep, they do still shatter. <laughs> they shatter eventually, but they last a lot longer. Nice. All the, like, torque stuff is super interesting to me for some reason, where there's, like, different types of torque wrenches. There's, like, the torque bars, where it's, like, you can use a regular bench, and just because of the the thickness of the bar, how much the bar twists, yep. gives you the right amount of torque mm-hmm. right. or whatever. It's it's crazy all the different yeah stuff out. So there. I found um I found some really good stubby T handled uh, three newton meter torque wrenches and they're actually designed for like like uh, bicycle enthusiasts. Mm, that makes, oh, sense. That makes um, sense. And they make a four newton meter one as well. They're we I like them a lot. It's definitely my assembly tech's favorite that we've tried so far. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's about everything. Fun lathe things maybe. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah, I mean, Fingers if crossed. you if you if it if you can get it, you know, to work out for you, then you definitely, I think, could have a bunch of customers of people oh, wanting yeah. uh, hardware for knives. I mean, yeah, I can. I mean, I can have just a a a, a consumer based hardware uh, section on my site too. Um, that yeah. would it would do decently for sure. And then, I mean, pens. I know there's a good market for pens like any like one pen sale <laughs> a month mm-hmm. would you know at least give some profit to the machine so yeah so it, it yeah, seems I'd, to be a no-brainer yeah i'd love to talk about like pen design stuff with you that i right. i'm a little bit into pens yeah I, okay barfed yeah. barfed lays are the money printers of the machining world as we they are no so I oh, think yeah. it's a great that I would have done it if I had more mental space to take on another machine right now. But I mean, I don't know if I do. We're going to find out. Actually, funny enough, the main <laughs> thing is um, physical space. So this machine oh. is uh, it's like 17 feet long and it's eight feet deep. <laughs> oh, my God, bro. That's, you don't have. Whoa, big. you don't have the space. Wait a minute. <laughs> I do. Technically, once that lathe is in there, we are. Oh boy, we are beyond capped. I mean, we're talking like seventy-five percent of my floor space is taken up by machines or tables at that point. Yeah, you'll be like shimmying b- between your machines. Oh, we will. So infusion <laughs> in the lathe. Uh huh. We uh, <laughs> we we laid it out today, and uh, we just started laughing. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I, I mean, your surface grinder took up way more space, like oh, a gosh. lot of space. As, every machine takes up more space than you expect it to. Yeah, it's wow. just I want to get into you know larger things like pens, maybe yo-yos. Who knows? You know, I want to have a larger capacity. Like this, this isn't the perfect machine for hardware. Yeah, but it's still a good machine for hardware, and it gives me more larger options if I want to go down different products. Also, routes. like yeah, you could do like spacers, handle spacers, like uh, like on yeah, grand barrel spacers. I can do actual. Oh, I can do my weights because I I can machine my weights Ooh, in the it. The weights, well. yeah, that'd be a good one. We're already buying bar stock for it anyway. That 
at that point, I wouldn't even need my 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 bandsaw anymore. I'm, no, it, I'm waiting. You, yeah, it could totally be a moneymaker. Yep. What's that, Grant? I'm waiting for the day that you uh, bar feed live tool a handle out of that thing. Oh, I'm going and, to. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've we've talked about this. That would be yeah. amazing. It's it's it. Don't worry. That's already deep in my mind. Good. But I, would you I, yeah. need a live center? Uh, I no. don't think so. As long as you don't tab it off too early, I think you're you're fine. Yep. So I asked one one of my specific questions was, can I have the sub spindle come up, clamp up, pull, reclamp the main and the sub, and then do C axis with them synced? And they said yes. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, I didn't even. Yeah, I I don't know why I didn't think about that. Yeah, I don't even, I don't need a live center. I have a sub. Well, that's maybe I have a sub. That's better work holding than we currently have. I know, dude, on, on a I'm mill. <laughs> I I mean. Obviously, the milling spindles on them are um, extremely yeah. inferior, but uh, yeah. So I'm very excited for it, and I'm trying not to get too excited because there's a you know there's a chance finance can fall through. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I shouldn't my finance guy seemed very very confident. Um, he got me the the brother financing. There's a decent history there now. Um, we're kind of past the point where credit is the issue now. We've, you know, there's word of mouth and and some trust built. So we'll see. Sweet. If you if you make that handle in a lathe. Uh, then you do have to learn how to make YouTube videos. <laughs> I mean, Grimsmo was machining his pen clips doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, but that's so many times shorter compared to the diameter. It's well, it's pretty thin, though. I, I, I mean, we've talked about that this. That center think, of the handle is going to chatter, I feel like. It, nah. it depends. I, I don't think so, because uh, our handles... I, I think you leave, like, 60 thou on the spine. Is that right? 60, 70? Um, up to, I, I think it's probably more like 30 or 40. I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess maybe your Marin's I don't remember different. anymore. I keep measuring your Marin because it's the one that's on my desk. Um, oh, uh, maybe it's about 60. But because I, I got to the point where I was trying to figure out what the chatter, how thin you could get it. And right. you can get it really thin. You can get with really only, thin. only supporting the bottom side of one side yep. of the handle. Yep. You can get it to like 20 thou before it really starts chattering. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I mean, like, if I have chatter, I'll just, I'll just clamp up on each spindle and then just pull the sub out like five thou to put some, to put some, you know, to stretch yeah. the material a little bit. Yeah, and holding it from both ends, I think you'll be okay. Oh, that yeah. would be pretty funny if he does that, and then he's like, "Why did I buy all these other mills? I should have I just bought just like ten, a couple la- ten lathes." <laughs> okay, so realistically, if we were doing high, high, high volume on like valley handles, Williman just. Straight up. Oh yeah. yeah. That'd be Absolutely. amazing. Yep. I who Dale and I we were talking about this a long time ago. Is it uh-huh. Cerrone or Fior that did that for something? That um doing? I'm pretty sure it was Cerrone for a little while. He I believe he had a fourth and then he was uh he was I think live centering the end of it. Yeah. He's since swapped. Um he does I think uh vice work on handles and then he does mag chucks of all things for his blades, which is really cool. Yeah, that's wild to me. Right? He also has some really, really cool, like, Italian machines that I that's, had never heard of. That's what I should try. My my blades right now are completely Dude, blades, flat on the bottom. That's the perfect opportunity for a mag chuck. Right? You have a probe. You can probe it in. Just do a little bit of a, of a work coordinate rotation. Oh, yeah. Right? I, I mean, I didn't actually ever, I didn't think about that part. Yeah, you got to figure out how to find it. I mean, depending on a mag chuck, you could, you could mill in a, a fixture to a mag chuck. You could do that, too. Or you can just probe the two bushing holes. 
Just probably yeah. a few bushing holes and then and then and then have a, use the rotation macro. Or like um just mag a big piece of steel on the top of it or something. That's the you fixture. Have to, and like you would have you know, to have, have um copper uh, or brass. Why would it brass suck up all the magnetism or something? Yeah, there's a reason like so like for for grinding jigs and fixtures, uh, if you look at them, they they look like the magnet chuck where they're they're the the layers of steel, even if, copper, even whatever. if it has like a blade going all the like a hole in it that's like all the way through. Yeah, because so you need the poles to be able to go through the steel without interfering with each other because each each one of the lines is a is a pole, basically. Yeah, that's my yeah. understanding. No, I get that, but. Like you, you cut all the way through a piece of steel that's on top of the mag chuck, and that hole has reduced magnetism. No, I, I think. Oh, I think. I see. Well, you're talking about David. You're, I think you're fine because yeah, because the local magnetism now. isn't being affected by whatever. I understand. Have yep. No, I get that. Okay. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. It would be cool to experiment with, but it, mag chucks are pretty expensive. I think, right? For good ones, yes. Oh, maybe maybe yeah. you could find a cheap one and. You probably Mill get a use that, and it's decent enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Maybe I should think about that, but I do want to hollow at the bottom side. I want to experiment with hollowing out the bottom side a little bit. So mm-hmm. maybe that kind of ends up. It wouldn't just, be so good. Just three D mill the um the the positive of it into just the three D mill a mag chuck. That, there's my work coordinate system. It's just just a hill right there. sitting in Honest, two. I mean. That'd be kind of baller. <laughs> yeah, right. That'd be the crazy. Whole, There's so many yeah. good ideas, but then you think if I want to make one design change, yeah, you're screwed. It's just like, oh, I lost three yeah, thousand four thousand dollars, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the power of the Pearsons just like throwing on a new palette and hitting go. And uh-huh. It's incredible. Yeah. Yes. No, I I should I would have been so much faster with this entire project if I got a Pearson like right at the start. Because <laughs> yeah. I spent so much time designing every side of it and figuring out, like, oh, you know, should I use a Saunders fixture plate or a vice? And should I mill every side? Should I mill, you know, positioning holes and, and all this different stuff? Should I try to make something where, like, every part can be machined at the same time or individual or, like, every fixture can fit in the machine at the same time or just handles one at a time? It's like, so much extra thought if you have, you know, it's good to have like some restrictions, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. where it's just like, I'm just using these pallets, you know, the end. Yes. Yep. It's not like you have infinite space and choice of what parts and where and how thick or long or. Right. I mean, yeah, everything. I'm not going to look into, I'm not going to look into any new fixturing options until I'm ready for some kind of either UR or, or palletized like actual pallet loading machine. Or a until then, I'll just be Pearson. Or it's a lathe. I'll, I'll just buy all lathes from now on. I'll machine a blade on a lathe. How Apparently. I saved ninety dollars on pallets with this one oh, trick: God. buying a <laughs> one simple trick, a, a two hundred thousand dollar lathe or whatever. You don't yep. need fixturing, <laughs> right? Lathe. It's actually funny enough. That's how much this lathe would have been if I. So it's a floor model with forty-two oh, minutes is. on it. Oh, um, nice! They, wow. They're actually they're doing a lunch and learn on Wednesday, and I'm sending my machinist there. And that's the literal lathe that they're going to be using in the lunch and learn. Heck yeah. Ash is it? Yeah. 
Yeah, I should immediately I, the worst. Card. I can tell Jacob, hey, just just go bump it a little bit so I get the price down. Yeah, yeah, go oh, key no. the side of it so you get a paid discount. <laughs> no, they gave me they they gave me a really good discount on it, so they're uh, definitely my my favorite um, machine tool vendor that I have worked with so far. Nice. That's, yep. That's a good sign. Yeah. Right. So it's been like thirty minutes. Should we touch on uh, on John and Grant? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I think we can also we can just talk about whatever topics that's you fair, feel yeah. like too. If you guys uh, don't want to talk about just day to day stuff, uh, well, I want to know, <laughs> Sorry. John. Sorry, uh, you're done with book spots. What are you doing now? I am making knives and selling them. Oh my cool. god! Are you? I yes, know. let's go. I know. That's awesome. Yep, I am. In quite the hole, so it's the timing couldn't be any better. <laughs> the power company is like, where is our money? It's late. And I'm like, give me another week. Because oh, the no. PayPal transfer from the sales. Oh, yep. Yep. Yeah. Right. Has demand been feeling pretty good? Like, do, do, do sales seem strong? Yeah, so I posted uh, two on Saturday, and then okay. it's like the one of them sold on, what's today, Monday? So it's like Sunday night. At like okay. five and I was like, sweet, it's sold. And so I was like looking at the website on my phone mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah. And I was like, why can't I see the cart? And I was like, oh yeah, I disabled oh, it. I, I, was, <laughs> I was looking for a bug. Yeah, I, I saw like, your story. Yeah. Yeah. And then I fixed it. And then like four people tried to buy the one, which was, I was <laughs> oh, like, wow. oh, the man's still there. That's a good thing. <laughs> That's good. Definitely. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm just making them and then. Uh, just selling what I have, and I kind of want to do like an actual post on the like Triaxis Instagram because yep. my communication skills are basically zero as yeah, far as yeah. people have no idea what's going on, basically. So, uh-huh. and then I have a really large email sign up list that I have never used, it's just people have signed up for it, and I'm like, I'll get to it eventually. And mm-hmm. I think what I'm going to do is like a random pull from the email list, but yep. That's until that's yeah, until that's set up, I'm think I'm just gonna post them and then post on the Instagram and be like, "Hey, there's some available." Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> you know. Nice. What I mean? Yeah. I so, really liked the list system. Um, it was it was just too much manual uh usage on my end. I never got around to automating it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, if it gets too big, then it's it's not really useful anymore because people can be on it for like you know years. Yeah, my my problem is I don't I don't have the production numbers to almost justify doing like random pulls from it because right. like hey I made two and then you pull a random you know group of people or whatever for it and then I don't know it just doesn't seem like someone's gonna sign up and like you said if the list is long enough and you don't have enough uh, stock of anything people are gonna be like uh-huh. I've never been pulled and it's like yep yeah well, and then people start emailing of, you yeah because only like forty five out of whatever. Hundreds uh-huh. have been pulled. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I list. So I, yeah. I, I, sometimes those slightly annoyed emails, I think, are worth it for the other benefits that counteracted. But I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, I want to set it up now, but at the same time, I'm like, we need money first, and then we well, can like yeah. deal 100 with fairness. So I get it. Yep. Yep. Prioritize. Definitely. But other than that, just same old random stuff. I got a demagnetizer that's actually been Ooh, really nice. way more helpful than I thought it would be. But uh-huh. like the little screwdriver one or what what kind of demagnetizer? So Shars actually makes one 
and it's like cheaper on eBay. It was like sixty dollars, oh, wow. and it you plug it into the wall and you just you drag stuff along it, and then it makes a buzzing sound. But it's basically just it'll demagnetize the field attached to that that part. Okay, and I don't know what it is, but I almost feel like acid etching and stuff blades and they're magnetized causes these random weird lines and I'll get weird surface kinder lines from what I feel like is the magnetic field, but it's just a well, guess. So and then just stuff like ch- chips and stuff sticking to, yep. you know, things. So yeah, I mean, you're etching and it's, it's literally ferric chloride. Um, yeah. And it's full so of iron from the, right. From the rest exactly. of the so it's, it's, it, yeah, maybe it's, it's like gathering yeah. up the iron and then blocking the, uh, the actual etch from getting to it. Yeah. You know what's crazy is is I put a bubbler, like a fish tank bubbler, in the tank yeah. that it was acid etching, and it causes okay. it to be a lot more uniform, which was interesting. Pretty, pretty interesting, I thought. That's super interesting, huh? Yeah. But I don't I don't know, it's aerating tank. it or something <clears throat> helps on the surface of the thing, but and then uh yeah, I tried to film a YouTube video the other day and I mm-hmm. couldn't figure out what I was actually filming for so i was like okay i'm gonna stop and then <laughs> that's my fear of doing this up later <laughs> so yeah and uh yeah just doing the usual but uh, nice definitely seeing the demand is still there is a good thing and then that's awesome I'm very optimistic about the future because i'm like man we need a vacuum so bad but i haven't been able to like justify spending the money for one because i'm like cleaning okay. the tumbler room and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my dustpan doesn't fit in this thing. <laughs> I'm trying uh-huh. to sleep. So yeah. I don't want to vacuum. But yeah, good times. Good times. Yep. But yeah. I have a tiny little like like sub five gallon shop vac. It works pretty yeah. good, but it's tiny. Yeah, and I like I have one, but it's hooked to the uh blast cabinet and I don't want to separate uh-huh. them because it's just oh, such it's a so pain. annoying. Yeah. Ours yeah, ours is on the blast cabinet when we blast, but we don't blast very often though. Like we do it maybe once every couple of weeks. Yeah. Yep. So just one of those small quality of life things that mm-hmm. I need to get to. And then like okay. I'm running out of lathe related parts and I kind of dread having to like make more pivots because the sub spindle is like out of alignment and it just, oh. I don't really know how to level a lathe. Honestly, like I did it when I got it. And I think I was doing it right. There's like a okay. block in the center that you can. It's like a machined pad, essentially, yeah, like yeah. in the working area. Okay. And I thought it was leveled right. The thing has like eight feet, which makes it horribly <laughs> hard to level. Mm. Right. If you don't know what you're doing, and then uh-huh. and the subspindle got. Uh, I think I've aligned it a couple times, but it's moved to where like when it does a part transfer or it grabs something, you can tell that like the sub spindle will close, grab the bar and start pulling it. And then the main spindle will pull the bar and then the sub will let go. And you can see the sub move like the actual entire casting. So oh. I know that it's not at least straight and the, the collets are starting oh. to get like dinged on one side. Like they're getting yeah. it essentially. And it's not hard to align, but the issue is like when you realign it all all the work coordinates change and it's uh-huh. an older lathe and it's just like everything's been handwritten for transfer right. and stuff. And it's just like, yep. it's a day's worth of work to get the whole thing back together. And it, right. Yeah. So, it well, sorry. Um, is it okay if I ask something? Yeah, go for it. Um, so like 
when you level machines, is it really important that it's level, or is it more about trying to make sure there's not a twist in the casting? So for a lathe, all I hear is level is for coolant and the mm-hmm. twist for lathes, yep. anyways. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah, but for mills, for a C frame mill, it's very important, and it it really has a huge effect on like a uh, what do you call it circular accuracy. So like a bull bar test with a bad mm-hmm. level will be completely different from a machine that's actually leveled properly. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And when you, I know like on the Haas, the actual, um, if you look up leveling instructions for it, the way you actually check the level after is you run an indicator in like a 10 inch circle and the level will tell you, you know, after you've used an actual precision level, the indicator will tell you how far off also the level is because it'll show twist in it or whatever it's showing that it's off. Yeah. So, on the Miltronics, um, I've leveled that Miltronics many a time now. <laughs> and uh, so when I level it, I'd focus on just getting it level first and I'd leave the middle feet because it's, it's six feet, three on each side. Yeah, that's about it. You, you leave yeah. the middle feet uh, up and while you get to just the primary level. And then you use the middle feet to actually tweak the entire column forward or backwards or left to right to, mm-hmm. to, to dial in the, the head tram. And then from there, you go back and tweak in the level so it's level again and then you retweak the the you know the middle feet for the for the column until you're everything's good and it can take forever and it's yeah, frustrating I think that it might sucks. be what they did to the hoss it sucks when uh-huh. you don't know what you're doing yeah right which, 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 <laughs> is, which is me every time i'm doing it well yeah but so how would you how would you figure out where the twist is uh with a lathe i have no idea <laughs> well i thought maybe dalen might know i like, mean like you put an indicator on the turret and go they along might, something. I don't know. Precision do, bar, I'd guess. I was gonna say, do they make like a uh, do they make a a square precision bar for it or something? They make. I know they make a. I don't know what you call it, but it's an actual bar you can stick in the spindle, and it's yep. long enough to where you can sweep the turret along it. Right, but, then, but that'll like, that'll give you alignment along X or along X or Y if you have a Y axis lathe, but X really. Yeah. Or sorry, along Z, my bad, along Z. The the thing is with this this lathe is because there's no Y axis, it only has a C axis. Yeah. You have to make sure the turret is dead nuts on. Because if it's not, then you can't like you'll you'll spin to a drill position and you can't fudge it with the Y axis. Because if you have a Y axis you can't and it's easy. Yeah, if you're not off center, then you can just like punch in the tool with an indicator. Yeah, this thing, if you're off-center, you have to align the turret, which means you have to uh-huh. align the entire thing. Well, and, you know. not, uh, maybe, maybe you know this, but like, uh, every time I've used a lathe that didn't have Y-axis, every single tool I had to shim, like with little shims. I never adjusted the entire turret. I just shimmed pretty much every tool by slightly different amounts. Yeah, this to get rid has, of the nipples. This has, yeah. You can't shim uh, drills, though. What is the tool style? It's not... Um, it's like VDI something. VNMG? No. Oh no, that's the. Uh, I'm, I'm talking the tool. Talking the actual tool block. block. Yeah, the tool. Yeah. tool. <laughs> I never learned any of the lathe tooling blocks, and I'm gonna have to. So, yay. Yeah. Yeah. All I know is VDI is not that great. <laughs> <laughs> and there's definitely mm-hmm. a superior one, but I can't remember what it's called. Capto. I don't. Is that a, is that a standard or is that just an addition you can go 
onto the toolbar. Sh- that's a good question, actually. I don't is know. It, I think what I have is VDI 40, and there's a VDI 60. I honestly don't. What's uh, uh, what's the um, bore of the lathe? On mine? Yeah. Uh, it's probably a two-inch bore, I think. It's pretty Yeah, so, like, if he... If he put like a two inch thick bar sticking out, I mean, I guess he could go bigger with a chuck, but let's, let's say you did like a two inch thick bar and he just like did a very light cut. Could, could the amount of taper, like how much the size changes from one end to the other end, tell him how twisted up his machine is? It won't really tell you the bed twist from my understanding. It'll just tell you um, if the spindle is parallel along Z or not. Yeah. yeah. And the material would deflect if even if it's thick it might deflect. So or the, the tool. The good news is cuz they're just knife parts, they're so short that you can exactly. actually you can get away with it being absolutely met, like really off. Yeah. But what's uh-huh. important is the subspindle is actually like yes. dead straight to the sp- yep. to the right actual spindle and that, that's not too difficult to do. I think the last time I did I used a um What's it called? It's like a drill guide. So oh, drill bushing? Yeah. That might have been for drill bits, is what I use that for. I can't remember yeah. for the spindle for the sub. I mean you could just sweep the main with an indicator in the sub so, or vice versa. So I tried that and couldn't figure out how to do it. And it was <laughs> like I only, I only have like a uh a tenth indicator and uh-huh. not because a five tenths indicator would have probably been right uh, helpful. The other one is what a coax indicator, like a high yeah, quality coax. one, would be super yep. helpful. But a high quality yeah. one is actually pretty expensive. They do you, are, do yeah. you have just like a uh, a regular dial indicator, not a test indicator? Yeah, I got like a uh, a one thou one that's got like what is it like half an inch travel worth? Yeah, the drop indicators or whatever. Yeah, you you couldn't use like a Noga arm and and do that. So how would you do that? You're like subspindle, and you're trying to line the subspindle to the main. What would you actually like, like? Noga arm to a three jaw chuck in the main, and then put some bar in the sub and spin it around and go back and forth with the sub. So, so I know I tried something like that, and it was like it was like I didn't have enough room or enough. Like the base was too big. I couldn't remember what it was, but I just remember that not working for some reason. I had to use a coax indicator, yep. which also was not very accurate because right. they're never really that accurate. Yeah. And that's also, I mean, you can get it, you know, you can get them aligned up when it's, you know, half an inch away, but it could still be off five inches down. Yeah. I don't know. Lathes are just, yeah. they're, they're, yeah, they're wild. I'll be, um, I'll be absolutely. Uh, like eagle eyeing everything they're doing to it when they do the install and asking many yeah. questions and making them hate me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, assuming I get it. It's not. I, yeah. We're all crossing our fingers or whatever. I appreciate it. I think or I maybe, am. Or maybe yeah, it'll just be another payment. couple months or something. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? It's a big payment, but it'll be worth it. See, uh, Grant, did you tell us uh, You've been up to a lot of laser stuff. We talked in uh, not on the podcast about your laser stuff, and Dalen's yeah. been doing some laser stuff too. You yeah, know. Mm-hmm. I've been all over the place. Um, yeah, right. Let me think. So, 
last well okay over the past month or so i've been revamping our business model essentially yeah uh i i would classify what we were at is a high-end mid-range volume i guess mid-tech but that's such a subjective term nowadays yeah right um and you know we've had lengthy discussions at this but the moral of the story is my price was too high and I also didn't have phenomenal margins. Like on the Empress, I don't have good margins because I, I my choice was to make it super high quality design wise. And I just mm-hmm. sacrificed cycle time, which yep. was great for the design. But that means I couldn't like move it around uh, right. price wise and really survive on it. So uh, the past month, I've been revamping our, mo- our, our products basically on every front to make them... Uh-huh more productive and able to be at a lower price so that I can exist at a lower price yes. uh, and increase the volume. So I will say the stage one of that is complete. We've got uh, six Medusa's handles per day coming out of the Haas. Nice. Which is incredible. Uh, we were doing, so we doubled production. We were doing three handles per day and that yeah. was maxing out. And then we were also running blades overnight for 14 hours. So now we're doing right. six handles per day and three blades overnight, um, which obviously that, that math doesn't add up. So that yeah. allows us to do trainer blades that are on the style. And I'm also doing the OG Medusa blade. I'm revamping that for a V3 that's going to be on the style. Nice. Um, so we'll be able to do six knives every day uh, of a V3 platform on the Medusa. I love that. Um, and currently we're doing Impusas and they're in full production as of like a week and a half ago or something like that. Oh, cool. And then, okay. the, and then the sile is running our new pry bars, and that's in full production now. And we're doing, I think, well, no, we're doing, yeah, we're doing twenty four a day or something Jeez. like that, which is utterly that's absurd. A lot, the, right? the amount of parts right now in our tumbler are <laughs> crazy. Uh, that's awesome. So I'm sure there's going to be some hiccups just managing that many parts, and if they sell right. that many sales and stuff. But uh, yeah. ideally, it'll be another high volume thing that the sile's producing obviously paying for itself again now that I have a real thing to make on it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're back in business, basically. And nice. paid off the credit card bill that was looming, and we're, oh, we didn't good. go below zero, and we're all good. And oh, uh, I love to hear that. That's great. <laughs> yeah, nice. so stress-free, everything's going... Or it's not stress-free. Stress-less. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, a little less stress. Every, yeah, everything's going no, better. No, no, so, it's stress, comma, free. <laughs> free stress anytime yeah right i got plenty of that <laughs> yeah so it's nice it's finally nice to be like back in productive because i feel like what i was mainly doing i was doing three or four different r&d projects and then i would finish mm-hmm. one and i would pick another one up but then i still wasn't seeing fruit from the one i finished right um, yeah. and so now i finally kind of finished at least two of them and they're actually producing and selling and nice uh, that's good and so, exciting. yeah so i'm like taking a breather and i've got mm-hmm. uh, in the meantime i came up with a new design that's also going to be really cool yep which is more r&d but now that everything's running i'm not stressed about it as much so right good. Did, was that the one we got a sneak peek at yeah so uh nice. for the listeners it's basically a edc style bow song so it's more or less the size of of an actual pocket knife as opposed to our current bow songs, which are quite long and large in a pocket, um, oh. 
So it's much smaller. It's much more. Uh, it's a simple blade, but like a utility, uh, utility centralized blade. Yes. Weird way to say that. <laughs> it's a functional blade, uh, not as crazy aesthetic as like a recurve kukri or mm-hmm. anything. It's just it's a nice blade. Uh, and then the cool thing that I really like about it is it's gonna have it's an aluminum handle. We'll, we're planning on hard coat anodizing, so it'll be like a nice greenish okay. gray. Nice. Um, uh, seventy seventy five hard coat anodized for the handles baseline, and then we're gonna do titanium inserts, and it's Chandwich, so the inserts will be able to screw in from the back side or the, the inside, I guess. Okay. Um, and then we'll what we could do on the inserts, which is the really cool part, is one we can laser engrave the inserts to add grip. We could do mm-hmm. different designs, and you can we could sell them separately, and you can put them in yourself or swap them out how you see. We could do different weights. You can. We have two different inserts. I think. Uh, I don't know if I sent that picture. I changed it so that we have two inserts per side per yeah handle. I guess so. I guess four inserts per handle. Um, yeah. So there's an insert at the top of the handle and at the bottom of the handle. So theoretically, you could buy a lightweight insert and and move it around as you please to get like the exact weight you want and the balance okay. distribution. That's you cool. Want. Which would be a kind of cool way to do a balance system because usually balance systems are always at the end because that's where all the space mm-hmm. is. And yep. this is kind of a new new take on it. I dig uh, it. It's a lot of parts. It is a lot of parts. And and the, that's the reason we're doing aluminum for the main chassis, mm-hmm. I guess, is get that squared away. Aluminum, yes. easy to mill. Crank and it. The, the bulk of it will be just cranking them out. And then the inserts are super simple parts and we can backside okay. bolt them down. Uh, yeah, and so we'll also be able to crank those pretty easily. Okay. So are they, and it's a two-up part. Yeah, they'll have uh, they'll have tap holes on the backside, huh? Yeah, so so the inserts are tapped from the back, and then it's just yep. basically a a rectangle with round edges, and then okay, it's that's it. So it's nice. super super simple. Uh, we should be able to crank it uh, as you know as long as everything goes well. Yeah, sounds uh, like a lathe part. Uh, it could be a lathe <laughs> part now that you mention it. Yeah. It could be. It's a joke, but it could be. Yeah, it really could be. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> right. Face mill. Face mill on the lathe. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, and th- the last part of that is we are planning on having the the bottom side insert having the option to drill and tap it for a pocket clip. And so you could buy an insert nice. with a pocket clip. You could also take that out and have a standard insert and there's no like if you want a pocket clip you have one that is functionally great and if you don't want a pocket clip it doesn't ruin the aesthetic and there's no weird hole anywhere like it's oh, it's cool. a really clean way to swap it in and out so yeah. would it be uh would it be like like sheet metal pocket clip or a milled pocket clip uh probably sheet metal yeah if we're looking to find like a standardized one that we can just bring cool. that okay. that platform on that'd be nice uh, if nothing if we can't find anything that works and we may have to end up milling one and then, then it would obviously be a, a more pricey option, uh, right, but obviously yeah. it'd be a milled clip and okay, may, okay. We'll, we'll play around with that. And obviously we could, the whole thing is kind of being modular. We can always come out with a milled clip later if we wanted to. Exactly. That's cool. It's kind of a cool the higher end option. Yeah. I like the idea of a smaller butterfly knife. I, uh, I don't know if you remember, but like when I started making videos, I had to look it up. I think what I had was a Benchmade 32 or 35, maybe. It's like it was like a smaller uh, 
uh, butterfly knife. Do you remember mm-hmm. it? Um, I think so. Yeah. And like, I wasn't really like attuned at all to like the flipping community. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just like noticed trends and I like, you know, my own design struggles. I just was like trying to learn from what I saw out there. And so my design just got like bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> yeah. Um, be- because like, that's just what I started with. That's just the, the knife I had at the time and what I knew. And I liked it. I, you know, it was like comfortable to put in your pocket, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I could do a basic opening with it. So whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, and so now I'm, I'm glad like I've got like a bigger design, but I still do kind of, I like, I like the, I, I think the one I'm talking about might be even smaller than what you're, you're doing. Um, but, you know, I like the idea of, of, you know, getting more kind of just comfort in, in like normal everyday usability potentially. Yeah. Right. Well, so, so the big thought process I had was, uh, how do we bring in more people into the Baosong market as a whole? Not just like, yeah. how do I capture customers from the market? Uh, right. but how do we bring them in from other markets? And obviously Lucas has done a really good job of bringing p- layman's over into the Baosong world with trainers yes. and his, and the squiddies and very approachable designs for anybody that could come into a kind of sport side of the bow song world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was having this thought and actually it was, I was listening to the edge and flow podcast. Uh, TJ Schwartz might be listening right now. And mm-hmm. uh, they were talking about uh, or Lucas Burnley was one of the judges for Bally comp. And he was, he was talking about how cool it was for him. And he's, he's just like, I wouldn't call him a classic custom knife maker, but he's certainly not a Baosong guy or, or necessarily in that world. Um, and he was very much like into it. And it's just like, this is a cool thing that's for me. What I saw is it's being destigmatized because um, at least within the past five years, I've seen it go from we're shoved into a corner and, and it's like slowly people are accepting us for more than just like weird guys in a corner. It's like, this is a right. real cool part of the industry. Yeah. And so, yeah, when we were at Blade Show Texas, we were talking to that really interesting guy. He had like um a turban, maybe a Zeke or something. Who yeah. he he would like travel around the world getting different cool knife designs. Mm-hmm. Um do you remember who that what his name was? Uh I'll have to find it. it I followed him on Instagram. Uh he was a a distributor, retailer, or at least a in the he was space. super interesting. I wish I remember his name. I didn't talk to him as much as you guys did. Um but yeah, he was talking about how like people going to like hotel rooms to to buy switchblades or butterfly knives to now like kids going mm-hmm. to buy butterfly knives and it being like this normal thing. Right. You know, over the last couple decades. Yeah. yeah so so all that I saw a trend and I was like, OK, how do we capitalize on it? And basically there's there's a few options out there, but there's really not many and there's really not many that are mass produced or at least produced right. large volume for yeah. a for a truly a knife guy that wants a balisong that that he would use as a knife like a, an everyday carry knife yep that just ha- so happens to have two handles and swings around um there's a handful of options like there's the mini spider fly but they make those like once every 10 years or something like that uh <laughs> then there's like the benchmade 51 which i don't even know if there's a currently in production um and then there's a couple off makers every once in a while, uh, but not not a ton of options. I was like, maybe this is something that either 
either the market's not there and I'm just banking on something that I haven't really seen, or I think the market's underutilized, and so I'm going to go for it. Ooh. And it's it fits my vibe. You know, I'm, I've been a Boy Scout and a user and a knife guy for forever, yeah. and I really want to blend the two in a nice way, and I feel like this is what we can do. So, oh, yeah. it, it, I'm just into, like, miniature versions of things, and so... You know, I've been into like these little folding cleavers that have gotten more mm-hmm. popular and stuff. Yeah. Um, like, uh, I would, I'd like to see maybe a trainer version of this too. Even, I don't know, maybe that makes even less sense. Like, I'm, I'm actually, a, I'm not sure. Weirdly enough, I'm less opposed to a trainer in this version than I think I was originally. I mean, I've definitely turned ways, but I had a, I had a, I didn't really want to make a trainer, but now that I'm doing this, I feel like a trainer on this version, for me at least, is like acceptable because right. it's bringing knife guys over and they are not balisong people. And so I feel like some of them might need a trainer to like get comfortable with it. And I think that's the end goal with all trainers is like people aren't obviously comfortable with sharp knives flying around. And I think I just realized that <laughs> with this perspective. Um, so I actually probably will end up making a trainer for it. And obviously being, you know, a knife that we're making it's going to be well balanced and it's going to flip really well um it'll just be a little bit short so it should be kind of a fun thing for balsong guys anyway uh which will be cool yeah Yeah, you know i I wonder um i wonder where the like line is with uh trainers where even if i'm carrying a knife around a ton of the time i'll still open boxes with my keys Mm -hmm. like you you don't really need a razor sharp knife to open a box um so like i i've been thinking about like or your price spike you know like yeah. how how sharp does it have to be where it gets into that you know potentially illegal territory you know maybe maybe not at the very tip but maybe somewhere on a trainer blade just like bottle openers if you put just yeah. enough of a little curve or lip that gets thinner you could uh still open boxes and things yeah i don't know i, I i'm playing with the waters with our current uh trainer it's got a bevel and i th- yeah yeah I remember it's like it leaves 70 thou on the edge. So it's obviously still very thick, but it, it is a yep. bevel. Um, so far, I've gotten zero backlash and uh, I haven't seen anyone get like caught with it and people mistake it for a blade. So I think that one's in the clear so far, which is good. Um, but maybe we'll see. <laughs> I'll probably push the limit again and see where it goes. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's hard to say with with anything. I mean, I get comments all the time like, "Could I take your scissors to school if I had them?" And it's like, yeah. n- no, like they're they're scissors, they're dull on the outside, but no, you're gonna flip them in front of a teacher or something, and yeah. you're gonna get in trouble. It doesn't matter. It's all <laughs> like, it's all of about course perception. You're get in trouble, you know, yeah. like Pokemon got you in trouble when I was a kid just because it was too fun. Uh-huh. There were books that were good books that kids enjoyed. Like Harry Potter or whatever, and we got in trouble because we were reading too much in a school. <laughs> How does that yeah. work? <laughs> yeah, wild, wild concept. <laughs> so, I don't know. Anything else, guys? Oh, you know what? One thing I want to talk to you about, Grant. Um, mm-hmm. Aren't you working on like a new quench plate? Oh, yeah. Uh, I will have, <laughs> yeah. So, I milled plates. Um, I think I did a story post, but I haven't done a real post about yeah. it because I wanted to wait till he assembled it. Um, milled plates a while ago, and then I gave them to my buddy, who was actually one of the guys 
who might join us later on the road trip, which okay. <laughs> we can talk about that later. Um, and he's a fab guy. He's a welder. And he, he does more than welding, but I think his main gig is welding, basically. And so he's welding together a frame that the plates are going into with a oh, wow. cam. Uh, the same kind of idea as the one that I jerry-rigged together out of a t-shirt yep. press. It's it's like yep. a cam lever, um, and but it's much built out and actually supported out of, uh, I think, mostly 316's plate. Okay. And uh, yeah, so he's going to assemble it on Wednesday, and I should see an nice. update uh, at the end of this week. So That's exciting. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, and this is obviously the first prototype. We actually don't really know if the... It's going to work, but we think it will. So, okay, you got to market it. Yeah, well, definitely whenever it's finished. Uh, this is a product that I he bought a mill, so he actually he may end up doing most of the, the mill work. Okay, but um, it's his product that we've obviously collaborated on the design, and so he, he'll be selling it and I'll be marketing it, and maybe we'll, we'll do a collab launch with it. I'm not really sure. Does um, he make no. knives? No, he doesn't. He's now, he likes knives, but he's not. Uh, see, that, I mean, that's what I was going to say is, is I hope you like potentially sell this product where if it's like a, you know, all in one solution, it's got aluminum plates and it's got a system that adds pressure in a consistent way. Yeah. Um, and it's keeps being refined by someone who actually uses it. You know, it's not necessarily going to be the same type of business, but I think it could definitely be a good business, just like how there's a ton of brands that make two by 72 grinders for knife makers you know yeah right no it, it definitely this is a passion project and i i believe it to be a very good product so totally i would i would probably buy one yeah so I, I know i could at least sell a few and that's kind of what we're doing is like we'll we'll make a prototype i'm gonna test it out and make sure there's no like quirks with it probably yeah. end up sending it to you guys to to play with and see if you have any ideas Sweet. and then and be sad when you take it away from us yeah <laughs> uh My. and then we'll we'll roll into like a small first launch of like 10 or 20 see how that goes and um worst case one of us will will be taking it on as a full product uh we just haven't really figured out who okay um, and yeah so it's going to exist in some shape or form we're just trying to figure out how to get there and that'll be sweet. it is it is a complicated product you know it is there's a lot it's, of parts it's with like, it yeah it's trying it's like trying to make a stand mixer for cooking or something like there's yeah. there's more stuff going on you know and it, and, it, and it's a it's a tool it's not like a butterfly knife where it's like well at least it looks cool it's like it's got to work you know right. yeah no the, the whole idea for this is one it's precision milled stuff on the actual surface contact so by default you're getting a very flat surface in contact with your blades which is obviously what you want anyway and then the other thing is all the force is driven by very, very strong. And I think we have six or eight. I can't remember springs that are driving the force. So within the travel of the spring, you have a fairly consistent power. So as long as it's clamped, it's going to be whatever those springs are. Um, yep. Amount of if force. You could find and a cheap way where you could like have just like a, a measuring a force meter thing. You know, mm -hmm. just some sort of piston with a dial for air pressure or something as it closes. I don't know. I don't know how the cheapest way to do it. Buy a crappy kitchen scale and glue it on. That that'd be amazing too. Well, ideally, I mean, we'll we'll be hitting a thousand pounds by default, basically. But then you get the feature creep. Oh yeah, a thousand pounds needs. 
something yeah. serious. So, well, I mean, that'll all come out in the testing. Um, and I, we, we could obviously have different versions if you want, like, a live, you know, scale. Maybe we can figure something out like that. Um, yeah, maybe it doesn't matter as long as it's consistent and doesn't wreck blades or yeah. something. Yeah, more of the story. We're trying to we're trying to make a really good consumer option for the knife maker uh, that wants better clinch plates. Because right now, I feel like it's a solution that every knife maker has solved individually. Like we've all yeah. made our own, <laughs> and it's like this isn't the best, but it just happens to be working, and we kind of want to just figure it out. No, it's, and obviously. It's, it's- well, it's like well, some people are using Arbor presses, some people are using vices. I'm using a weird book press. You're using a T-shirt press. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and like I mean, unless you have a CNC mill, especially for all like the blacksmiths out there, like they don't have mills to oh, yeah. to make an actual press with like you know uh, cooling fins or anything like that in it. So we're kind of hoping to bring this out and be like, this is this is the best option. And until someone else makes another option. I'd be really curious to see how like the fin stuff works because like there's the rigidity change and it's like how fast does it heat up and cool down because yeah. uh, I still think like the fins will make it both heat up faster and cool down faster. And so that's where I think maybe doing the water cooled method might be the way to go. But I don't know. It, you know, be interesting to see how it works. Yeah. And, and yeah, well, well, this is all the, the big test. Uh, and the cool thing is, like, the plates can always change, and the idea is a pretty modular idea. So, mm. like, t- theoretically, we could make a water-cooled version by just changing the plates uh, and having some Add simple... a few tapped holes in the corner so you could attach your own custom fixture or something. Yeah, well, there's actually tapped holes uh, on both sides of both plates. There's tapped holes because fixturing and attaching it to the actual... Uh, uh, mech or box, whatever you call it, the the stand, whatever it is. Um, there's kind of tap holes everywhere. So so there's a lot of there, there is a lot of modularity with it and and we'll play with it. But um, you can run uh, heat sims and fusion pretty easy. SCA or whatever. Yeah, I haven't played with that. Uh, I need to. I've I've done a lot of the force sims, but I haven't done any of the fluid or heat stuff. Oh, that's probably cool. worth it. A good shot. Yeah. We should talk about the sim stuff maybe next time or something. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's been anyway. over an hour, so Yeah, so that's probably the wrapped up for, for now on that project, but next week Ooh. you guys will get a better update because I oh, will yeah. have one. So sweet. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yep. Right. Bye. Good night. Goodbye.